Coming up on this week's show, we talk about Doctor Who flux and a load of other interesting Doctor Who stuff that I can't remember because it's rather late at night and this is a last minute thing. I'm the Doctor. I'm a time lord. I'm from the planet Galathra in the constellation of Gasterberus. I hope the ears are a bit less conspicuous this time. You might be a Doctor, but I am I'm a doctor. That's probably not the one you expect. Absolutely fantastic. All of time and space, everything that ever happened or ever will. Where do you want to start? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Bigger on the Inside, the new Who Doctor Who Watch Along podcast. I'm Harry, joined as always by Tim. Yay! Too slow. Too slow. You didn't get interrupted me this time. Well, I thought I'd spice it up because it's spooky season. Well, it was spooky season. Well, it's. it's the... I think the Monday after Halloween is the spookiest, is spookier than Halloween. Yeah. Because it's the start of the working week. <laughs> oh, zingo. Yeah. Zoink. Can I get a yikes in the comments? Ow. I'm very cold, listeners. I'm currently sat here wrapped up in a blanket. Yeah. It's cold today. It is cold today. I have put the heating on. It should come on it's soon. It's a cold November day. First of November. Remember, remember. Advent. Advent. Yeah, you can buy an advent calendar now, and then it'll be like a pre-advent for when advent does come along. Is that something people do? That's what I'm going to do. Are you really? <sighs> Every Christmas I always think I'm going to buy 12 advent calendars. I never, I've not, I, even when I had advent calendars as a kid, I could. I just always forgot to open it. I'm really bad with like. Yeah, calendars. I don't know what I'm going to do this year, because obviously I live on my own. Why would that stop you from getting an advent calendar? Kind of sad for a 23-year-old man to be living on his own with an advent calendar. But it'd be less sad if you weren't living on your own? Yes. Because then it'd be like a novelty thing. Okay. Like, look at us, we've got advent calendars. Right. Whereas okay. a 23-year-old waking up having a little chucky every morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was always a bit of a weird tradition. I feel like I need to buy a purposely ironic advent calendar. I can't go out and buy a nice expensive one or a standard one. I have to buy one that looks a bit rubbish. All right. Yeah. 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 How are you? I'm good. How are you? I've been better. Uh, (laughs) I don't like Halloween. I prefer Halloween to Christmas. I hate Christmas. You really hate Christmas? Yeah, I don't like Christmas. That's. We'll talk about it when we get to Christmas. Yeah. Do you want to do some Doctor Who news? Yeah. So are we starting? 600 subscribers! Are we actually at 600 subscribers? We have passed it. Yeah, this feels like... When did we hit 500? A couple of weeks ago when Russell was announced. Thank you, Russell. And I'm guessing now it's because of Flux that we've got more. I think it was just some hangers-on. Yeah. But because of Flux, we're at least going to get to 612. Okay, so uh, thank you very much, everyone. I don't actually know what we're on. I'll give you a live subscriber count if you wish. Yeah, is it going to go up during the hour we're recording today? Wouldn't it be amazing if it did? Yeah. I will keep an eye on it. It probably won't. We're currently sat at 612. Ooh. If we can get to 613 in the next 20 minutes. We'll see. We'll see. We'll (laughs) check in at the end. truly would be spooky. Oh, hello there. You caught me in my local public library. I was just catching up on some of the mail and feedback we've been getting from some of our listeners. Let me read this one to you. I can tell this is going to be my new favourite podcast. Thanks, Joshua. We always love getting your mail, so keep sending it across in the comments, Twitter, and on Instagram, or even on our email. 
Anyway, Doctor Who. So uh, this week, um, the main bit of news, if you can really count as news, I don't really. <laughs> we got an episode of Doctor Who. This is in all our time recording being on the inside. This is the second new episode of Doctor Who to release. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because we had... Um, Rev- Hello, I'm a Dalek. Revelation of the Daleks. One of them. Yeah. And um, now we have Flux Chapter... Doctor Who Flux Chapter 1, The Halloween Apocalypse. So is this series 13? It is series 13. But series 13 is also Doctor Who Flux. Okay. As I say, I just want to say, um, we didn't get all our predictions right, but we do have a slightly different title. I did call that. What do you mean? We have a slightly different title sequence in that it says Doctor Who. Uh, Flux. Yeah, yeah, I saw, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I did watch it. I saw. I wonder if we're going to get new graphics, but uh... but we get a new flux graphic, and the flux does the whole dissolve thing. That... Yeah, but that's just been done afterwards. Harry, I could have done that for you. Could you have added in a CGI word flux that then dissolves in a CGI manner? Yes. Are you a C- do you, can you actually do CGI stuff? I could do that. Really? Yes. Like a three dimensional logo doing that? Maybe. Maybe. Over over a course of a week, I reckon I could train myself to do that. All right. Sure. I'll make it say a rude word, like Bojangles. <laughs> oh, Tim, that's very racy. Doctor Who Bojangles. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had Doctor Who Flux. We've got other news as well, but we're going to talk about Doctor Who Flux before we get to yeah. proper news, because we know that's what you crazy content consumers want to hear. Uh, Harry, what did you think of Doctor Who Flux chapter one, the Halloween apocalypse? I really enjoyed it. Honestly, it felt like... Compared to series 11 and 12, it felt so different. Do you know what I mean? Felt good. It did felt really good. The first thing I noticed is, and this is something I actually mentioned when we first watched uh, Revelation of the Daleks, is that before, um, if this kind of recent era, it felt like the show really liked to take its time and to kind of stop and breathe and kind of just have characters talk here is just so pacey like it was constantly moving there were so many moving parts being introduced yes and just it was all happening at once and i'll admit at the start i was a little overwhelmed but by about the half hour mark i think i'd say yeah about 30 minutes in when stuff started to get a little bit explained just kind of the context of what was going on because we got thrown in the start of like no context at all true that 13 and yards were chasing after this guy yeah and we didn't even know who or why or what. As soon as it all started to tie together a little bit, I was like, all right, I'm on Yeah, because it started, I sort of thought, oh, they've done like a non-linear thing. Like, mm. is this going to be the end of the episode? But no, that was... Yeah, the I of- was expecting like halfway through that opening scene where I reckon Strouch and Joe to go, whoa, whoa, you're probably wondering how we got here yeah, in this yeah, situation. Yeah. Well, this is a yes, and you see. <laughs> yeah. And it's jumped back. But no, I, I really enjoyed that. It just threw us straight into an adventure. I think there's a 10 episode where it does that. And it's, it's, it's um, human nature. Oh, where yeah. it opens with them being chased by the family of blood. Mm. Um, and I like that because I like the fact that it just, not every time you see them, you're catching up with them at a new adventure. Yeah. Also, Big Finish loves that as well. Do they do Big Finish will love it as well. Do they like them in your storytelling? Or? Well, of course, it means they can add in their own stories in between, doesn't it? Okay, but we don't really need to know what led up to this. Yeah, no, but there's, now we've got, like, a nice gap between... With 13 and oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So we have, like, a whole blank space worth of 13 and Yaz adventures yeah, yeah, yeah. of them going to intergalactic circus training. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, okay. So, I, no, I really enjoyed it. I, I, but first of all, I want to get out the stuff that I didn't like so I can then happily talk about the stuff I did like. 
I felt some of the dialogue was a little clunky. Which bits? I, well, I, I, I can't work out if it was dialogue or if it's the way it's edited. Because it seems to me that a lot of times when it's in the TARDIS, when a character would say something, it would always have to show that character saying those words. So it would be like, shot of Mandip, shot of Jodie, shot of Mandip respond, shot of John, shot... And it just seemed very structured. Mm. Whereas instead of framing them two in a shot or just having, you know, you can tell who's talking because they all sound different. And I think that sort of made some of the dialogue seem a bit wooden. Okay, I didn't... I honestly didn't pick up on that. It was merely a scene where... John goes, or Dan, sorry, goes, is she jerking? And then Yaz goes, no, I don't think so. And then she asks Jodie if she's jerking. And then Jodie shakes her head and Yaz goes back to John and says, no, she's not jerking. It's, it's quite, it was quite a short scene, but the way it's edited and shot sort of made the dialogue really stand out and seem disjointed from what everybody else was saying. All right, editor guy on YouTube who doesn't like Bohemian Rhapsody. I liked Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm talking about... Do you, have you not seen that video? Yeah, I have, but I'm just saying I like Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, yeah, but I'm making a joke but, oh, okay. about about cutting to people. No, I, no I just felt like it made a lot of the dialogue seem disconnected to who they were actually talking to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no. Like, no, I, no, I get that. I, I don't have the editor eyes. So I didn't pick that up. Anything else that stood out to me? I mean... That was really about it, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, one thing that actually, that reminded me, the camera work felt really, really kind of dynamic. Like, yeah, it was, yeah. The, the, the exterior in, TARDIS shots, yeah. yeah. And the interior TARDIS shots. Like, mm. I feel like the way the TARDIS was shot, the camera kind of sweeping over them and stuff. Yeah. I feel like I got a real sense of the TARDIS as a three-dimensional yeah. space I hadn't had before. There was a few dodgy green screen bits here and there, but... The opening sequence, obviously, you could tell that there was a yeah. limited budget. And there's a few scenes where Journey's looking into space from the TARDIS doors where it stood out a little bit. That's only if I'm being picky to sort of look for nitpicks, but I was like, I'm really surprised I had such kind of a grand kind of blockbuster feel to it. Yeah, like, there's good. so much big CGI shit in the best way yeah. in this episode. Let's talk about John Bishop as Dan Lewis. You didn't say it right. I, don't, I can't be doing it. Well, now you know. Now the thing is, it, it's not really a joke anymore because we've seen him as Dan, and it's really good. He's good. He's fantastic. <laughs> there's that whole sequence where the Calvinista breaks into his house and he has, like, a bit of banter with it. Mm. But because the Calvinista's got this great Yorkshire accent, yeah. it's fantastic. I really enjoyed the fact, I noticed from the start, the Calvinista just has this northern accent. It's yeah. like, I can vibe, kind of vibe with that. You know, yeah. lots of plants have a north. Yeah, and the way, like, John Bishop's character, Dan, is sort of like, you have to pay for that. Where are your parents? <laughs> like, just the way it doesn't work out that it's an alien. Yeah. I liked it, it was good. Yeah, I know he gives it a little rub on its nerves. Mm. Yeah. And then what, we said this on the way here, but Carvinista as a character was really fun as well. Was I wasn't really. expecting him to be as entertaining as he yeah. was. He sort of fell into Absorbaloff territory a little bit, which is just that silly and goofy that I kind of really like him. I but I'd like to yeah. see more of yeah. Carvinista than I would of the Absorbaloff. Oh, yeah, well, the Absorbaloff died, so. Yeah. yeah. That was sad. But no, I liked the Carvinista. I thought it was really good. Um, but not really, there's not really the only uh, villain of the piece. Yes. That's right, I'm talking about Chris Chibnall. Oh, I'm, I'm joking. I'm talking about the Weeping Angels and the Sontarans. I, I forget the Weeping Angels had the scene in this episode. And it was a really... They have two scenes. Did it, what's the second one? Um, well, it depends what you thought the first one was. 
Um, the one with the um, the woman who knew the doctor but had they doctor didn't know her yet. Yeah, so there's that, and then it cuts away, and then it comes back to her. So there's two scenes. Oh, I because it's all one sequence. I counted it as. But it's shot as two different scenes. All right, all right, yeah. Sorry, it was semantics, idiot, isn't it? What? Is that semantics? Well, it's technically correct. All right. <laughs> all right. But I enjoyed the Reef and Angel stuff because it was actually creepy. It, it was. It was really well shot. Like, I was... Each monster had their own stylistic sort of thing. Yeah. So I was worried, kind of, because this is the first time we've seen a Reef Angels not written by Moffat, and I was worried there'd be a whole thing of, like, because it's not... Obviously, there's someone else dealing with his creation. Will they get it? But of course, you know, people have been different writers have been have been writing for the Daleks and the Cybermen for years. It's not like nobody at Terry Nation can write for the Daleks. Mm. So obviously, Chris Chibble can write for the Weeping Angels. Yeah. And also, you know, it's not just writing, it's the direction. And it's just, it's done in a really effective, creepy way, which is, you know, familiar with how we understand the angels. But also kind of fresh and different yeah, and exciting. I, I like it as well how they refresh audiences with little things like people who don't know who the Weeping Angels are and the way she's going, don't blink, don't blink. And she looks away and it moves. And like that very quickly without having to have David Tennant go and blinking you dead sort of thing. Mm. I quite liked that sort of refreshing the audience very quickly on what's going on, especially for new audiences. Yeah, well. totally. And the Sontarans, again, they have very introduction. Yeah, Dan Starkey was back, who plays Strax. Mm, but I obviously I not as Strax. He, yeah. He's the guy in the hologram. I recognised the voice. Yeah, I did yeah. straight away, yeah. I wonder if there's going to be a reference to Strax. I wonder. I don't know, because Strax... We haven't seen him since Strax... Matt Smith, since Capaldi. The thing is, when it comes to... Um, monster characters like people like Strax or Dalek Set, for yeah. example, we only ever see those versions of those monsters in the original kind of aesthetic iteration they appear yeah. in. Would it be weird to see <laughs> Strax again? In his little but, suit. <laughs> for, for Strax to appear looking like the new Sontarans, or would Strax still look like the old Sontarans? I don't know. Yeah. Because obviously with something like Cybermen and Daleks, I, because I, they're like cyborgs, it makes sense yeah. for them to have different armors. But here it's a completely a complete overhaul for them. Yeah. I think he'll get a Jody will get a throwaway line. About them looking different. And then no, about Strax. She okay. might just casually mention him, like yeah. where's Strax or something like that. Mm. Or you know, because I, I quite like that character, he's a little fun character. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. Anything else? Um, who else returned in that episode? The Sontarans, the Weeping Angels. Should we talk about the, the Crystal School people? Oh, yeah, the they flux. were cool. They were cool. Is that what they're called? The Flux? I think they're, they, they are causing the Flux, but I don't think we know their names. Okay. But the Flux is like the cataclysmic event, which I'm assuming they're causing, judging from their powers. Yeah. yeah. That was a really cool introduction to that, the, yeah. the male one. Yeah. Um, was actually quite spooky. Yeah. And then they're like, as compared to kind of previous new and um, foes from this era, like say, Tim, Tim Shaw. Yeah, Tim Shaw. Compared to Tim Shaw, this guy is like whole other level. Yeah. I wonder who he is because he knows who the doctor is, mm. which makes me think, is he a pre Hartnell character? Yeah. I'm thinking he's probably someone from one of the doctors previous of like of life she doesn't remember because that's is it a returning character that's just been horribly deformed i think it's a completely new character okay am i correct at the start we found out uh, jody was chasing i can't remember his name carvinista the carvinista to find out about the division was the division the thing we had teased in the timeless children i can't or something the doctor used to be part of i can't remember i want to say so okay we probably need to rewatch the timeless children people in the comments can 
Yeah, tell us, is the division the thing that the old iterations of the Doctor were involved with? Mm. Yeah, I want to say yes. Yeah, um, oh, one other thing that I didn't particularly like, and it's just because I've seen so much Doctor Who that it becomes formulaic, is um, Dan telling his date that he's not going to be late. And then you're like... And he's, he's travels off in time and he's going to be late. Oh, no, it's the spooky house. Remember, like, Dan's date was, like, forced to walk into the spooky that was house. His, that wasn't his date. Was that not? I'm pretty oh, sure no, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. yeah, at the very end, yeah. Yeah. Was that the same spooky house that the Weeping Angel woman... Went? I don't think so. No. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of questions. This is why <laughs> this isn't a watch-along, because the advantage of doing the watch-along... Is that we don't have just the context of what came before, but what's coming after. Whereas yeah. here, we, we can discuss these things, but we have no idea where it's headed, especially in a six-part story such as this. What about um, Jacob Anderson? He's cool. What was his character's name? Viv- Vinda. Vinda. Yeah. yeah, I like Vinda. I like the vibe. I wasn't. He's got very kind of Captain Jack vibes, doesn't he? About him a little. He's bit. got a very kind of cool attitude, kind of like. I liked him. Yeah, I did. We didn't see much of him. I'm excited to see how he's going to interact. Yeah, because with... he didn't even meet the TARDIS team this episode. No, he didn't. He didn't meet anybody. Yeah. He was all on his own. Uh, well, I thought uh, maybe at the end of the episode he's going to get flung into the Doctor or something like that. But no, no, they've literally just set up all these... It's like it's like the first... like It's like we've just seen the first two turns of like a chess game mm. and only like maybe one piece, if even that has been taken. Yeah. And obviously everything has kind of been set up in the formation that the players want, but yeah. we don't know. Which this is a really wanky metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like chess, Tim? Never played it. Oh. What did you think to the new TARDIS team then? I was surprised, uh, and maybe we'll get it in future episodes, that they haven't built on a possible Yaz and Doctor thing. I mean, there is... I feel like their relationship has definitely developed. You can tell that obviously... Because it was sort of implied in the New Year special, wasn't it? That Yaz has feelings for the Doctor when she's hanging around with Jack and Jack sort of passes comment where you can tell that Yaz has feelings yeah. for the Doctor. Although here it feels like it's gone to a point where it's kind of like... She hates the Doctor. Well, but, but, but she doesn't hate the Doctor, but she's very aware that like, the Doctor doesn't see their relationship as the same thing that Yaz sees it as. Yeah. Whether or not you want to see that as something romantic or just a closer friendship, because yeah. the Doctor's very kind of, you know... It's kind of the thing of like, it's very interesting that whenever I hear people criticize the 13th Doctor, one of the things they kind of say is that she's very kind of, I guess, surface level, nothing very deep, kind of just very much kind of generic, yeah. you know, breathe, light and breezy fun Doctor. Although here it's almost like that's just what she's on the surface. And obviously she has, has a lot going on that she's just not addressing or yeah. not letting Yazin on. And that's kind of part of the relationship, and that's yeah. really cool. That's yeah, really cool. There's a line, isn't there, where she's like, "Well, Yaz asks a question, the Doctor like almost like says, a bit ungrateful." She sort of says, "Have I not shown you all this amazing stuff and done all mm. this with you since Bradley Walsh left us?" Yeah, and it's sort of almost like she's sort of going, "What's your problem?" Yeah, sort of like she's sort of almost using Yaz as an excuse to. Yeah, you know, it's kind of it. It's interesting. It's really, honestly, quite a selfish relationship that the Doctor has with the companion, with that the Doctor has with Yaz. And the fact, like, she just likes having someone around to help her out, and so she, she's not alone. But at the same time, she's not willing to go that extra leg of actually, you know, being like, "Yeah, we are mates." Yeah, I compared the Doctor and Yaz to the Doctor and Donna. 
and where like they had a very a more even friendship, whereas this doctor's not willing to that happen. Yeah. And I'm not sitting out all of this. Don't interpret me as saying this as a criticism of it. Like I think this is an interesting dynamic, and it's a different dynamic, and yeah. I like it. Um, oh, the Doctor Who Twitter account has just uploaded a six-minute video. What of? Welcome to the TARDIS team, Dallas. Here's the lowdown on Doctor Who's newest friend, John Bishop. It's like a behind-the-scenes thing. We'll watch it later. Yeah. Um, I put a tweet out on our Twitter, at Bigger on the Pod. I said, what did you make of tonight's episode? Loved it. It was okay. I was disappointed. Hated it. Uh, we had 58 votes. Wow. 60% of people said they loved it. 22% said it was okay. 9% said they were disappointed, and 9% said they hated it. So that is a 82% approval rate. Yeah. I saw that a lot of the criticism I saw was people who maybe don't understand how television series tend to work. Mm, you tell me about this. Which is you don't get all the answers to everything in episode one. Mm. This is going to be, by the end of the series, you're going to understand everything, and it's all going to hopefully pay off. Yeah. And all these questions that you currently have will be answered. I'm optimistic. I feel like this... Is left me in a very positive place. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I have almost surprising myself saying this, will it be able to sustain this level of engagement for six holes for another five stories? Yeah. Because this was like, you know, big budget, lots of characters, lots of monsters. I mean, even talk about that bit in like historical Liverpool. That would, yeah, I just sort of forgotten about that by the end of the episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that's not tied into anything quite yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And next week, we're not even going to that time period. We're going to a completely different time period with the Sontarans. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Exciting times. Yeah. And also a lot of criticism I saw was people just... People who really like it say why they like it. Mm. Like, I went on Twitter, I was like, I love Dan. I thought it was amazing. And the Carvinist was a great character. But people who don't like it never seem to be able to back up the reason why they don't like it. It's like a lot of the tweets I just saw where people going, it's shit. And you go, why? And they go, because it's shit. Yeah, but why is it shit? Well, because it's shit. Did you watch it? Yeah. It was shit. Yeah, do you know what I mean? There's no, like, if, if they went, I didn't like it because of this, this, and this, like, okay, cool. Yeah. But when it's just like, I just hate it for no reason that I can't explain, fuck off. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. You heard it here first. Uh, do you think we're going to have a comment which is like an overly long selection of paragraphs? Is it going to be one of those comments where I have to push see more? <laughs> I do love those see okay. more paragraphs. I'm going to be honest, guys, right? I do try and read and respond or like every single comment we get. But if it says see more, I ain't going to read that full thing. I can only, I'm only thinking of steamed hams now. Seymour. Seymour! <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Uh, but yeah, try and keep the comments like... Are we absolutely, I generally don't want to sound ungrateful because we do love the comments. And there was that do say, click for more or whatever, are always negative ones. Mm. There's never, I loved it because of this, and there's a big massive... It's always, sometimes you're you get, wrong because of this. Uh, sometimes you get a, a long comment that is a genuinely interesting read. Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, I have a nice companion piece to whatever I'm listening yeah, to or yeah. watching. But when it's just... Bah, women. I read that. I, I don't hate women. I enjoy I the... Um, like cyb- what was it called? The cyber lady from Torture. Or no, um, the, the, that one comment about the million dollar lady. Uh, the bionic woman. The bionic woman. Oh, I think we can talk about this now. It's been long enough. We got, That's uh, what it's been like every year. Yeah, since yeah. We, got that. we got the best... Co- I tried to find it even then. I couldn't find it. I was doing the keyword search and everything. Basically, someone on a comment 
outed themselves as, a, as being sexist and then someone called them out on it. And he said, how can I be sexist when I'm watching series two, episode four of The Bionic Woman? <laughs> but he was also obsessed with the declining sales of Doctor Who magazine, wasn't he? Do you remember that? I don't know. Honestly, I don't. All The only thing I remember from that comment now is that it was very disparaging. It, it was very negative about the current state of Doctor Who. And they mentioned the Bionic Woman <laughs> as evidence for them not being sexist. <laughs> How can I be sexist? I'm currently pulling away my Lady Penelope Rolls Royce toy. <laughs> Wait, as in Thunderbirds? Yeah. <laughs> I thought I've only the only Thunderbirds I've seen like is the, so in the movie. It's the movie. Uh, right, let's do some Doctor Who news. Oh yeah. Um, so we have a little quote here about the weeping angels having a very different and very sinister role. They didn't have a catchphrase this week. Like we said last week, we said one of the weeping angels is gonna have a catchphrase and they didn't. Hmm. Oh, the weeping angels can't talk. They can move. You can't really have a moving catchphrase unless covering your eyes is a catchphrase. Maybe they're going to be like, wop wah, you know, like when the hands go to the side, like, oh, I don't know. Uh-oh, yeah. timey pokey. Yeah. <laughs> it's poking time. <laughs> don't mind if I do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but let's see. Uh, the uh, do do- stop knocking the table as well. The microphone keeps shaking. All right, sorry. <laughs> um, Doctor Who executive producer Matt Drevens has revealed a bit more about what to expect from the Reaping Angels, saying it's quite an interesting development to s- the story, if you like. They have a very sinister role to play and a very different role to play. And I believe Chimnall also has a quote saying that he wanted uh, 13 to come up against the Weeping Angels and have been thinking about a story that included them for a long time. They are genuinely scary and a brilliant creation by Stephen Moffat. And they haven't been in a main Doctor Who story for nine years. Wow, that right? it nine years? I mean, the last one was Angels of Manhattan, right? No, it would have been Matt Smith's last episode. Oh, yeah, they were in there, but they were like one of like an ensemble. Yeah, yeah. Um... So they were due to come back as well, he explained. There's lots of ideas you can explore around Weeping Angels, so we've had a lot of fun with them. Cool, yeah. Very cool. I'm excited to see what they're going to do. Yeah, I'm guessing they're going to... Dr. Oyaz is getting sent back in time. Mm. One of them is. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing that... um, Or Dan. Or Dan. I mean, but surely, like, if all... It'd be a thing of, like, if one of them gets sent back, it's just a matter of the other ones using the tires to bind them, right? Yeah. Or maybe picking up clues to Well, we got those set photos, didn't we, where they're filming on a beach with the Weeping Angels? Ah, yeah. Um, from quite a while ago. I wonder if we go back and look at those, if we can spot characters. Perhaps. That's what I see. Okay, so this one, I don't know what this is about. It just says Manicure on John Bishop. Okay, one second. Let's go back to Weeping Angels. Oh, sorry. With Flux. Is that... This is the... the f- when we first meet, oh, what what did she say her name was? Was it like Claire? I it might have been Claire. So let's say Claire. When we first meet Claire, she's already met the Doctor before, mm. so she's from the future. Do we? We've been able to send you back in time, don't they? Yes. Yeah. So she's from the future, sent back in time by the angels. You think? Yeah. Okay. Because she recognizes the Weeping Angel when she sees it. Yes. And then get sent back in time again. Mm. So who do you think she is? She could honestly be anyone at this point. Mm. Honestly. Apart from um, uh, Mr. Blobby. Hey, you never know. Wobble, blob, blob, blob. I hope Jack Whitehall isn't listening. Oh, uh, yeah. A very funny clip. That one funny thing Jack Whitehall did that time. 
I that? like Travels with My Father, but it's too scripted, and Jack Whitehall isn't the funniest thing about it. I've not watched it. I, I honestly Clifford the Big Red. <laughs> I is I have a gripe about this sudden surge in celebrities making shows with their parents because for the most part, from what I can gather, Jack Whitehall's dad is pretty funny. Yeah. But I feel like for most of these cases, no one but the celebrity themselves actually finds their parents. The worst one is Russell Howard. That's, that's, I don't, <laughs> does anyone but Russell Howard think his mum is funny? I'm sure she's a lovely woman, yeah. but is she funny enough to be like a co-presenter that was the, what, of a TV what, show? The one with... Um, Didn't, was it, what's he called? With um, Bromish That one's good. Have one with his mum? Yeah, that one's quite good. Is it? Because yeah. th- that... Didn't start off like that. It, the series evolved to then feature his mum in it more. Right. She was so always in it. But... Audiences liked his mum's. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But I don't like the thing of. Like... And I believe Meet the Richardsons. I think Lucy Beaumont's mum is in that. Yeah, but that's scripted though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But again, like you need to be a. You can't just give anyone a funny script and it'd be funny. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What up, computer geeks? It's Tim here, and I'm currently sat in the tech hub of Bigger on the Inside. The guys and gals who work down here want me to tell you how you can contact the show anytime. Either it by Instagram and Twitter. Just follow us by searching for at Bigger on the Pod. If that's not good enough for you, how about sending us an email? Bigger on the Inside Pod at gmail.com. Sorry, you were saying Mandit Gill and John Bishop. They're talking about how much longer they've got in Doctor Who, all right? Let's see. Um, where's a quote? This, this one's going to be a video, so try and drag it out. <laughs> okay, Bishop said, in some way... Oh, yeah, try to do the Ringo Star. Yeah, do Ringo Star for John Bishop. In some ways, this season 13 was so good, I wouldn't want to risk trying to do it again. I just feel so lucky to have had some time with those people. But also, if someone phones and says Dan Lewis has got a place with the new Doctor, you think it's a conversation to be had, isn't it? I like Dan. He does seem like a character who's going to be one series and done, unfortunately. Hmm. But um, I feel like he'll he's, he'd be very happy to go back to his regular life. Yes. Yeah. He doesn't seem like a character who was hankering to yeah. explore time and space. Exactly. He's, right. That's why he has so much love for Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh, there's a bit more of a quote. Oh, go on, sorry. When I started, I didn't realise how significant it was taking over from other people, but now it's happening to me. Oh, this is Mandip Gill. <laughs> <laughs> go on, do Mandip Gill. I, I don't know what... A Sheffield accent? Yeah, go on, then. When I started, I didn't realise how significant it was taking over from other people. As it, I don't you know what this is. It doesn't sound like a Sheffield accent. It's just a normal voice. Yeah, because I, I'll be no, I won't. <laughs> um, I was about to say something about my capacity to do, do different Yorkshire accents, but I realised that would put me down as an actor. Yes, I can do all the Yorkshire I'll do that accents. For you, don't worry. Thanks, Tim. You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, when I started, I didn't realise how significant it was taking over from other people, but now it's happening to me. Gil told Radio Times, "You're not part of it in that you." don't know what's happening oh you're not part of it that you don't know what's happening who are the companions what are they going to do um and she also said she could she would never say never about never coming back but she considers doctor who is going to be in safe hands with returning with russell t davis so they've both sort of confirmed they're out after this series 
But if Russell gives them a ring, yes, they'll come back. I mean, I feel like anyone, if Russell gave them a ring, would say yes. I would say no, just to be that guy. Just to be that guy who said no to Russell T. Davis. Yeah. But then you, then history go down as like that idiot who turned down Russell T. Davis. Yeah, but then I'd get a better role, and then I'd hire Russell T. Davis. I'd, I'd and then fire him. In what position could you be to hire and fire Russell T. Davis if you weren't the head of a TV station? Exactly. Are you saying you're going to be the head of like BBC or Channel Four, Dave? Dave. Dave doesn't seem like the kind of network that would hire Russell T. Davis to make a show. Do it for Lavender Church. You're going to just make, like, prestige drama. Not prestige drama. Well, yeah, prestige dramas. Yeah. Um, yeah, look. Yaz has had their time. Three series is the longest serving for a new Who companion. Oh, yeah. Um, Dan is obviously a one-time... I feel like we sort of knew John Bishop was a one-and-done sort of character because we know Chibs is leaving. Yeah. And it's very rare that I come... Well, we haven't had it in New Who yet that any any characters have carried on over Sherrunner. Yeah, unless you want to count like River Song, but that doesn't really count. Yeah, because he was introduced by Moffat. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's cool, but I really like Dan. I think he's great. He's a really fun character. I just like having him around in the TARDIS. He's fun. He's not phased by it. He's the returning fan. He's us. Mm. He He's sort of like can't be asked with the, everybody being surprised by the TARDIS every single time so I walked into it. Hmm. His criticism was that the door's in a weird place. <laughs> yeah. And I like that. We have another article about Amanda Gill talking about leaving Doctor Who. But she just said she might not be leaving. Um, well, it's about filming her final episode. Oh, go on then. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, I wasn't talking. You just assumed. I did assume. And you know what I say about assuming? It makes a shoom of ants. Makes us no idea what you're on about. Because the usual thing is it makes an ass of you and me. Oh. So I was. How is your ass? I just didn't see thought that's where we did turn left. And the what? fact that it would be funny if she didn't have a spider on her back. <laughs> she just had a massive ass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's. Just for because it would be I like the fact you can keep it hidden for the audience the whole time. Yeah, I just like the idea of like everyone looking up behind her looking with <laughs> abject horror. And then when he gets that mirror scene, it's just Donna Noble turning around looking at his comical massive ass. <laughs> Sorry, go on. What does Madden Girl say about filming her last scenes on Not Two? Okay, she said, I cried and I don't really cry. People behind the camera cried, so I think hopefully I don't want viewers to cry, but they should cry. Okay. So, so she a isn't cry. a crier, but she did cry. The crew cried. She doesn't want us to cry, but she also hopes we do. Yes. Make your mind up, love. We're going to cry. I don't know if I will. We don't think you're going to cry? No, I'm not a big crier on TV much anymore. No, I It used to be. Can't last time I cried at something on telly. Last time I, um, probably, I didn't cry when Capaldi left. <laughs> uh, I don't think I'll cry when Journey leaves. I don't think I even, I didn't cry when, I've not cried at any generation. No, I haven't. No. Uh, when was the last time I got welled up by a TV series? Maybe It's a Sin choked me, but I didn't cry. I didn't cry as a sin, but it was kind of like, it winded me. I was like, oof. That's because your mum punched you in the stomach, didn't she, just before you started watching it? Because she was stood up. Mm. She went, sit down! And poof, right in the stomach. And for, for 45 minutes, you were going, <gasps> like that on the sofa while they all watched It's a Sin. 
sure. <laughs> he says with a elongated, <laughs> sarcastic tone. Oh, dear me. Yeah. There will be people who cry, because I know there are people who get really emotionally invested in uh, Doctor Who. I remember hearing about so many people who cried in Picard, these regeneration. Yeah, I, know, I never really got that. I feel like I, think about, I, feel I, I wasn't watching Capaldi. I literally just watched Capaldi's final episode to see the first scene of Jodie's. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel that people maybe got slightly emotional with that because he's an older actor? So it's like a grandfather figure. I think also like grandfather. They've been they've Fuck been off, they've been following that character for like three years on their screens. Yeah. So I guess, like, kind of like, and if it's your favorite telly show ever, you know. What is your favorite telly show ever? Ever. The Wombles. Underground, overground, wombling free. My favorite show right now, or my favorite. Succession. Thing? Well, my favorite show right now is Succession, yeah. <sighs> Got any more news? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You already sent me it. I've... Yeah, but they don't know that. This don't... Stop ruining the magic of podcasting. What magic of podcasting? You're a right negative twat today. <laughs> what? You could have just called me a negative Nancy. <laughs> Why did you have to? Why? What's the news, Harry? Right. Uh, this is about Jodie grappling with leaving Doctor Who. And as a, ooh, do you have this sad looking photo of Jodie? That'd make a very good thumbnail. Oh no, but I will do after this. Yeah, she looks like distraught there. <laughs> she does, doesn't she? Yeah. I'll be using that. Probably yeah. the thumbnail for this one. Let's see. The actor admitted that um, the decision has led to her the question, is she sticking to this decision? Saying, there's part of me that could absolutely say, no, let's keep going. Let's get back on it. So Jodie's like, although she's left, she's like, I could have done she more. Could have, she could have Matt, done so much more. That's what Matt Smith said, really, wasn't it, when he left, really? That's probably But he David said it said. about two years afterwards, not before he'd even <laughs> left. Yeah, whereas Capali's like, ah, now nah, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think it's interesting, uh, because I think that's kind of a common thing with people who have enjoyed this era, is that they would actually quite like to see more of Whitaker. Because mm. even though we've had the same number of series, obviously the series is going to be limited, People, we, I still feel like we haven't had much of it. Hmm. I guess it's just because it's been so spread apart over such a long time. Yeah, I mean, we had, between series uh, 11 and 12, there was a year gap. Hmm. And there's almost been another year gap now. Exactly. Yeah. It's, what was it been, like 11 months? Uh, 11 months, yeah. Yikey crikey. Well, 10 months and 31 days. Yikel crikel. That's the uh, character in my parody of the Halloween movies. Yikel Crikel. <laughs> and every time people see him, they go, Yikel Crikel. And then they die. Yeah. Of killing. No, just immense fear. Oh, they're just so scared that they die. Oh, Yikel Crikel. Yeah. <laughs> they just freeze. Yeah, um, I do feel like I'd like to see more of Jodie. Yeah. She's maybe one of the only current Doctors that I'd be quite invested in seeing some more adventures in a different format that isn't visual. Yeah, I don't I don't imagine she'll go, be going straight to Big Finish, though, just because doctors well. don't do that. Yeah. What do, I mean, I imagine she'll go on to, you know, maybe some US drama or something. I mean, prestigious UK drama. What did Tennant do when he left? He did that Man United doc, that 
drama, didn't they? About Which Man one? There was like a TV drama about Man United or something. I don't remember that one. Yeah. Hmm. The first kind of high-profile thing I remember. Centrillions 2. That was during his time as a doctor. It wasn't. Yeah, it was. It wasn't, I promise you. I'm sure it was. All right, you talk, come on, I'll prove you wrong. Well, I mean, the first really high-profile thing I remember Tennant doing was Broadchurch. There was a few things before that. Really? Did you like Jessica Jones before that? Oh, okay, the Marvel show. Yeah. yeah okay. Well, and there was another drama for like the politician's husband and the escape artist. Well, that just shows how little I was paying attention to TV at that time. It does, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Centrinians 2. There's something of something's gold. Is that what it, How do you know that? I, I don't know. I remember seeing a lot of adverts for Centrinians 2. Centrinians, the first one, came out in 2007. But the original... Ah, it was an I'm, Ealing comedy. I'm talking about the modern movies. But the first one was an Ealing comedy with Alec Guinness, too. Jenny Whittaker was in the 2007 one as well. Was she? Yeah, she played Beverly. Oh. So Trillions 2, here we go. Came out in 2009. So he wasn't Doctor Who. He could have still... He was still Doctor Who in 2009. For, for, for a, for a for day. For the specials. <laughs> he played Sir Piers Pomfrey. That does sound like a villainous name. Colin Firth was in it as well. Oh. And so was Toby Jones. Oh. And so was Ricky Wilson from the Kaiser Chiefs. That's a, <laughs> that's a good cast, and Ricky Wilson from the Kaiser Chiefs. He plays Rockstar. So, so he's playing himself. Ricky Wilson isn't a rock star. He's a very, probably a very mild-mannered man. He's, he's a, probably quite nice. But he's I mean, they did the Yorkshire Sea adverts. He's the frontman of the Kaiser Chiefs. They did the Yorkshire Sea adverts. Does that not technically make you a rock star? No. If you're a star for being in a rock band? No. I'm pretty sure that's the textbook definition of rock star. The Kaiser Chiefs are a rock band, really. Are they not? What do you call them? Just a class act. <laughs> <laughs> One more article about Jodie on filming her regeneration. Are we, do we not already know this? Yeah, but there might be some new gossip, some hot goss. Okay. Might be exactly the same thing we've just read, but let's see what this particular article has to say on the topic of Jodie Whittaker leaving Doctor Who via the scene. Okay, it says she's read her final scene and uh, talked and spoken about her first time learning about how it felt learning how she depart, but she's already filmed regeneration. What was it say? Um, she explained the experience made her appreciate the role she'll lose. Um, it was inevitable in a sense that I knew at some point I would read my final scene. Is it? Is this from the Express by any chance? Um, it's the Radio Times. Oh, that's true. Because the from Express three days ago. The Express are normally like Jodie Whittaker talk about her regeneration scene, and then it'll be like an article from two years ago where she casually mentions leaving the show. Oh, right. They kind of like bring up a lot of old rubbish that they've spoken about before, so that's why I asked. Well, here's the quote from Radio Times. It was inevitable in the sense that I knew at some point I would read my final scene, but not until you do, do you appreciate what you're going <laughs> to lose. Harry said doo-doo. I'm going to be awful. Whenever my last day is, I'm going to be awful because I just love it so much. I love everyone and I love being a part of it. The wonderful thing, there are so many episodes to come out over an extended period. I'm still the Doctor for such a long time. I will be the Doctor for a long time. Thank God. Less than a year. By this time next year, we'll know who the 14th Doctor is. Jodie will be gone. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. 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 Centenary special is in October. Oh, my. Then we've got to wait 13 months. 
<laughs> for the t- for the twelfth. No, because the anniversary is in November. Oh, yeah. okay. So got to wait 12, 13 months for a new series. Wow. Or for a new episode. Yeah. And then God knows how long I'll have to wait again after that for a series. Yeah, but what, imagine we, we, can't really, we can't really complain about how long it's going to be to wait when Flux is coming out right now. I will complain. We only have to wait a week for another episode of Doctor <laughs> Who. <laughs> There's only five more left. That's how many specials David Tennant had. Oh yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, is that it? Yeah, that's it. There's no watch along this week. Oh, so this is actually the end of the podcast. The end of the podcast. Oh, Tim, what's our subscriber count? Oh uh, yeah, because we we're on six hundred and twelve at the start, weren't we? Should I just make it up if it's the same? no, no? So t- 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 tell the truth, Tim. Stop filling with your headphones. It's really annoying. It's, it's still six hundred and twelve, but I don't know. Don't really want to. Well, they've heard you now. We'll edit, we'll edit this bit out. Oh. But how are we going to end it? Should I just make up some subscribers? Yeah, go on, Tim. Ask me how many subscribers we've got. So, Tim, how many subscribers do we have now? 654. Wow. Thousand. Wow. We're super famous. We're the biggest Doctor Who YouTubers who... Who tubers on the YouTube? Suck on that, William Who and Confused Alipers. And um, what's the other one? Greasy Spoon? No, not Greasy Spoon. Who's Greasy Spoon? Called George. What's his name? I don't know. Oh, what's his name? I don't watch. He was like, he was like the YouTube. biggest Doctor Who YouTuber. Um, I, I what's was, his name? I don't watch. I don't watch Doctor Who YouTube content. Ace Creeper. Oh, not Greasy Spoon. <laughs> Ace Creeper. Like, yeah. Where did he get Gracie's spoon from? I don't know. Probably a pile of mucky cutlery. <laughs> uh, should we do some recommendations, Harry? Since we can do that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to hand it over to you to recommend some stuff. Um, let's see. What have I, what have I recommended recently so I don't do it again? I don't know. Did I, have I recommended Seinfeld? I don't know, have you? I've recommended Seinfeld. Oh, I are. think you've recommended I think you have. Um, have I been I've, or, cinema recently? I've already recommended Squid Game. I've probably recommended Succession too many times. Yeah. I saw Halloween Kills. Mm-hmm. That was okay. Is it okay enough for you to recommend? Yeah, I guess. It's kind of filler for the next one. But they're making a third one? They filmed two and three back to back. Oh, okay. okay. So you have, you have Halloween... Halloween kills. And Halloween lives. Halloween ends. Oh, is it called Halloween ends? Yes. I mean, it did end to last night. It did, well done, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else that I've seen? Or I'd like to see The French Dispatch. I would like to see it, but it's not showing at my local Erdian. Oh, is it not? Yeah. When's Last Night in Soho coming out? Now. Is it out now? Yeah. You should see it. Okay, let's end this and go and see it. Uh, I might need to get home for tea. Make sure you subscribe to the official Bigger on the Inside podcast.